Listen wherever you are at any time on the WFMD mobile app, a service of Frederick Air. Download it for free at the Google Play or Apple Store from 930 WFMD. Morning News Express on WFMD. 301-694-9363. If you got a question for, well, the morning mayor or the real mayor, ladies and gentlemen, the mayor, uh, Michael O'Connor, in the house. For the first time in 2024, Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year, Bob. And uh, did you have a good uh, good holiday? I did. I did. Uh, kids were home, and they're not kids anymore. The, the no, young, right. The they're young, not. The young adults were home for a few days around the holidays, got together. It was not too much rushing to try and get to the next thing. So all in all, relaxing. Is your schedule fairly clear, clean, during the holidays, are you trying not to uh, do a whole lot during the holidays, give yourself uh, a little bit of a chance to uh, breathe? Well, the good news is almost everybody else wants to be in the same boat. So there's not a lot of things that get scheduled, particularly in that week between Christmas and New Year. So it does allow for a little bit of opportunity to to step away for a bit. But, you know, we're there when things happen. We the the one of the benefits of the job is is you can kind of create your own flexibility when you need to, mm-hmm. which is nice. Um, did you do any traveling? Not for the holidays, really. No, it's uh, nice to just kind of stick around, and with uh, our 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 daughters coming to see us, then. Yeah, because we're getting older. We don't just need good to, to be drive home. anymore. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> mind that at all. It's just nice to be. Home. He's focusing on the Ravens. That's what he's home focusing is, on. Home is good. I, I, you know, I, that, I, I thought he was more of nice. a Commanders fan. Or, no, I you, no, no. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you're not. I, no. I thought you were. So that, you're back, back when Baltimore didn't have a football team, I uh, shifted my allegiance just because I wasn't going to root for a team that wasn't out of the that was out of the area. But as soon as football came back to Baltimore, I was an old Colts fan from back in the day. So you didn't switch to the Cowboys when the Colts left. No, I switched, to the, I, switched, I switched to Washington because, right. that was the, because that was the local team. That was a little shot plus, of my plus was, right here. Plus, it was I, I, nice to you know have spirited conversations with Bob about his beloved Cowboys. Yes. Well, I was the same boat, but I w- grew up in, in Frederick County, as did you. And I'm a little bit older. And when you grew up in the Colts, we were a big Colts area. And people didn't root for the Redskins. They didn't like the Redskins or now Commanders. So, you know, I didn't, I, I, if I didn't like the Redskins, I'm like, okay, I will root against the team they hate the most. And that was the Cowboys. So that's how my allegiance became with the Cowboys. Of course, when, um, you know, Baltimore got, you know, in the middle of the night and I was working on WL, my allegiance became with the Cowboys. Of course, when, um, you know, Baltimore got, you know, in the middle of the night, and I was working on WFMD radio when that happened. I have all, oh, you know, the old, hey, Michael will remember this, and we're getting into the weeds in the radio business here, uh, but we had the old teletype machines in the yep. in the hallway back in the newsroom, and I ripped off all those as they were coming across. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it was it was horrible. It was miserable. So yeah. I was doing overnights. All right, enough of uh, the nice. We'll get to uh, we'll get to real sports. And if you got a question, there's lots to talk about with the uh, the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, and we'll do that next on the Morning News Express on WFMD.
The 930 WFMD text line at 301-694-9363 lets you text us your news, traffic, and weather tips or comments on what you're hearing at any time. Text us at 301-694-WFMD. Morning News Express rolling along. The mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, joins us this morning. And Mayor, I want to want you to be able to go back and reflect on the uh, the life and, and career of Alderman Marsha Hall, who uh, passed away not too long ago. And, and I think you were on the board with her, or am I co- incorrect on that? Yeah, never served with her, but covered her um, a lot in my time working both. Uh, I don't remember the exact time frame. It was only when I was working for the TV station or if there might have been a little bit of time at the end of my time here that uh, she might have been on the board. But um, uh, uh, a very personable and direct person to talk to and uh, friendly and accommodating. And it's interesting to look back to see that those boards that she was on, it's true of all of them. Every member of the board has a different personality type, and uh, she was just always a a strong but gentle uh, listener and advocate for uh, the things that mattered to her the most. Let's um, shift gears. There was an article that I saw the other day um, that there was um, the governor allocated some uh, a lot of money, at least in my opinion, seven point five or maybe eight billion dollars towards the uh, the downtown hotel and conference center. Um, getting that money and moving it forward, I, I have heard, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that that building has yet to be sold um, to the entity that wants to build or any other entity who wants to build on that site. And so if that's the case, and maybe it's not, do you, have you heard that? The building is under contract, and the Plamondons and the Randall family have uh, legal agreements in place for the progress on this project. Okay. So, so, if pro- so if the property hasn't actually been sold yet, it is legally in control okay. of the uh, Plamondons and uh, two, two different pieces at work here without getting into the, you know, the deep weeds of, of, of this project. The, the Randalls are likely to hold on to the old news post building proper but there will need to be a subdivision of the property because the back end of that building where the press room is uh, will be subdivided to be included in the piece of land that the Brandles own that is uh, the empty lot largely that is where the the hotel project is, is slated to be constructed. Okay, so so you actually... There's, there's have, a lot of parcels there. There's, yeah, there's a lot of parcels that, that are being pulled together in order to... to, to to bring this about, and the Plamondons have been working very closely with the Randalls on um, the purchase agreements necessary in order to uh, build the land necessary in order to move the project. Okay, and, and and I figured that that was kind of you know in place and in a an agreement and except for those kind of agreements can find sometimes a way of uh breaking down uh, and so if that were to happen and i'm not saying it will i'm saying that this you know there's enough people who understand business and get all this that what would happen to that money at 7.5 would it just go back to the state or or not that funding is earmarked for a project and if for okay. whatever reason and we don't have any reason to believe that it won't but if for any reason that project doesn't move forward then the money will get spent 
Okay. All right. So that, but it does. So it, it, it would go back to the state. You, the city wouldn't get it. No. Okay. And, and that project, uh, that $7.5 million, uh, would entail basically, if I'm not mistaken, and if I am, please, uh, please tell me that I am, is more for infrastructure around the property, correct? It hasn't specifically been earmarked as far as the governor's budget is concerned. So when you're talking about a project like this, you're talking about a $90 million investment altogether. And the lion's share of that investment, probably 70 to $75 million, is going to come from the private sector, the Plamondons and their sourcing of debt and equity. The remainder is a combination of uh, support that both the city and the county have pledged to the project, now support that the state is putting into the project. And uh, these are not simple uh, financial arrangements pulled together, but uh, the the goal is to uh, gain the the appropriate investments from entities that stand to benefit when this project is completed. And much like any uh, large-scale project gets built in the community, you could apply it to um, stadium projects, you could apply it to hotel and conference center projects, you could apply it to major road improvement projects. Uh, there's enormous amount of public investment that goes into these very often because the expectation at the end of the project is that it's going to be spinning off tax revenue uh, back to the state over a period of time in excess of what was put in as seed money. We've got, uh, I think, Chuck on the phone. We do. Yes, sir. I wanted to say good morning to the morning mayors and, uh, I had a quick question. I know I wasn't sure what your agenda is there, but as far as downtown, I was wondering, I know the improvements and the money that's been spent there um, on different projects and was wondering about Color Lake. I know it's had a uh, upgrade here and uh, lately and um, back in the day we used to actually that's where I used to uh, I learned to ice skate. And um, Me too. lately it hadn't been cold enough to uh, get out on the ice, but I was wondering if there's any uh, ideas as far as uh, stocking for fish now, uh, uh, you know, bringing back ice skating. I remember when I was a kid, we used to go out in the middle of the night. They would plow it with a Jeep. They would plow the snow off so the kids could uh, ice skate and play hockey out there. We'd play till midnight or later. They put out fire barrels on the ice. You know, it was really nice. And the, the stone building there next to the uh, Lucky Cray Memorial um, is is set up inside. A lot of people probably don't know, but it had a fireplace and a place to put your shoes, change into your skates, and walk out on that concrete slab on a rubber mat and step onto the ice. And, uh, you know, it was um, – I know the kids are – sled riding in the park now and stuff like that, that might be a, a good thing to try to bring back. After upgrading and digging all that out, I know there was a lot of silt and basically duck crap that there was so much n- nitrogen that the lake wouldn't freeze. Yeah, it's so sedi- now we, that it's we call that sediment. Out, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'd never ice skated. Is it, you never uh, ice skated on Color Lake, Bob? I can't believe that, girl. No, well, I was a farm boy in Woodsboro. I man. guess you we had your own to, farm uh, pond so you could skate on well, right. We didn't. We actually, I went down to Woodsboro um, Woodsboro Park. My mom was a very good ice skater, could do the the, the twirls and stuff like that. Uh, we went down to Woodsboro Park. I have very weak angles. I probably still have in my mom's 
uh, downstairs in a, and I should sell them. Uh, there, I forget the uh, the name of the ice skater, but it was like a, I think it was a Pittsburgh Penguin or maybe a New York player or something. I don't know, but he was a great ice skater back in the day, a hockey player. I had those skates, so yeah, I wasn't a good ice skater. I mean, look at me, Michael. So I, I guess in terms in, in terms of the question that Chuck is asking. Uh, we don't obviously control whether the pond freezes or not. Um, it's it's uh, it's uh, what, what a lot of people don't know about Color Lake is actually it's an active stormwater management pond um, that handles all of the stormwater from sort of the Hood College neighborhood south. And so, uh, whether or not it's in a it's ever going to freeze again is uh, something that I don't know the answer to because it's probably a combination of temperatures and it may have to do with. When it was freezing, the Carroll Creek Flood Control Project wasn't in place, so there was a lot of – it was a very different um, um, park setting um, when I could skate on that pond than it is now when you go downstream to the Carroll Creek Project and everything's been done with the flood control. So um, we did do work in that uh, – in, in Color Lake a couple of years ago to do silt removal and, 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 and dredge it to get materials out of it so it would be a, uh, able to better perform its function as a stormwater management facility. Um, and and the plantings that went around it. So um, as far as stocking it for fish, that's a that's a a, a DPW question. I'm not sure um, what we do or have ever done with regards to that, but certainly a question that we can ask. Uh, I'd I'd love it if it could freeze long enough for there to be ice skating on it again. I'm just not sure that given uh, the the sort of general changes in the neighborhood and the general changes in the climate, whether that's whether that's going to happen. It'd have to be cold for a while too. Well, yeah, but isn't, um, I mean, part of the flood plan uh, on the other side in Baker Park, um, it, 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 that's part of it. That will flood. Will that be a better, if you were going to try to do a uh, uh, any kind of an ice skating? So, ice yeah, skating so, area, well, that would probably be better because it would be less water and, and might freeze better. And that was an effort that was done, I want to say, 20 or 30 years ago, was to sort of reshape that area as a place that you could flood. Uh, my understanding from talking to my DPW people is that it actually doesn't hold water. Okay. So they did everything that they could do, except that it is apparently not uh, lined with the kind of clay soil that you would need that would pack properly. Uh, I, I don't understand all of the the, the geology of it, um, but the efforts to try and fill that with water so that it could freeze because you're right, it would be a, a more shallow pool. The geology of it, um, but the efforts to try and fill that with water so that it could freeze because you're right, it would be a, a more shallow pool that you'd have to... Ha- keep cold that it simply doesn't hold water the way it was intended to hold water well we're going to have to hold our water for just a little bit and we're going to take a break more with the mayor of the city frederick mayor michael o'connor coming up on wfmd from the 930 wfmd news center howard county police are investigating a shooting that injured a teenager news at 30 past the hour on news radio 930 wfmd wfmd 636 at WFMD in the Morning News Express. Good morning. Uh, Rise and shine up and Adam, The mayor of the city of Frederick, the real mayor, uh, he makes the real decisions, uh, is Mayor Michael O'Connor. Uh, I'm going to throw you a softball here, Mayor, just because uh, we got a little bit of time. Did you make a New Year's to- resolution to be nice? 
No, oh no, I'll hit you. I'll hit you with the one you know I'm going to hit you with that you don't want. But the parking app, uh, apparently Frederick City has come out with their own parking app. Uh, and I guess the reason why I ask this is why would that be better than and, – and Okay, maybe I should back up a little bit. This is um, why did we? Why aren't we using a third-party type of parking app? Or maybe we are, and this is a different type of a parking app to show people where they can park. I have not done a deep exploration of the parking app. I know that it's available, and it's really about trying to be as customer-friendly as we can. When people are coming into downtown Frederick, they don't always know where their garages are. They don't always know how many spaces are available in those garages, and I think this is an effort to – Make sure that anyone visiting downtown has a little bit more information on where to go and what to do. Some of it is also in anticipation of the rebuild of the Church Street parking garage because we know when that happens, um, we're going to have to displace the 300 or so vehicles that park in that deck every day to other facilities, and it's going to take spaces offline. So as we work towards that project uh, in the next year or so of taking that deck offline, we want to make sure that we're providing um, residents, visitors, uh, as much information as they can about where to go parking uh, in many respects uh, is uh, the one of the lifebloods of uh, prosperous downtown, being able to give people uh, access to, to convenient parking. So um, we've got talented staff that are able to do a, a lot of different things and being able to customize something that works for our specific system, I think, is is the objective. Well, real quick, um, we before we go to traffic and weather, um, some people had complained, not me, I didn't complain, but some people complained some people. in the last fairly big snowstorm that we had that the uh, downtown uh, city roads weren't plowed as well as they have been in the past. And I don't remember the city at uh, any time, and, and maybe you did, but during the, the the things that we read on the closings and cancellations that you put in the snow emergency plan, which would have meant people have to get their cars off the road so you can plow them a little different. Uh, was there is there a different kind of approach to certain storms again or not? Yeah, every every storm is sort of dependent upon the timing, the amount, the intensity. All of those things factor into um, how the response comes. Uh, I would ask for the public's. Um, sort of patience and indulgence when it comes to these things. It's been two plus years since the city had a, a snowstorm that required us to actually put plows on the front of trucks and 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 move things around. Um, I'm sure we've had some staff turnover in that time, and and people need to get used to uh, that process again. Uh, those storms were also I don't want to say unexpected. You can certainly look at a weather forecast and see what they're calling for. But I think the amounts we got were a little bit different than maybe what was initially expected when um, planning was going into those events. So um, our our DPW teams do a a great job, and uh, we. Uh, are are committed to trying to provide the services as quickly and efficiently as we can. Um, it's not easy for anybody when the snow comes. It's an inconvenience. It's why I used to be a big fan of snow, and now that I'm mayor, I'm <laughs> less of a fan of snow because uh, only things can go wrong when you're dealing with that kind of an event. All you can do is make residents unhappy with the actions that you take. Almost nobody 
um, is going to pat you on the back because there's an expectation that you just get it done. But um, it's uh, they're stressful times for our crews. Uh, they're doing the best job they can to um, keep the, the streets clean, particularly those snow emergency routes um, in, in that situation. And then it just it sometimes does take a little bit longer, um, depending on the amounts, to get to side streets, alleys, cul-de-sacs, into the neighborhoods to to get everybody to the point where we want where we feel like we've we've finished the job. So um, I hope we don't get any more snow this winter. Um, but if we do, we'll be ready. And um, I, I have great confidence in um, our, our snow team's um, capabilities. A lot more with the mayor of the city of Frederick coming up on the Morning News Express on WFMD. 930. Local weather bug updates 64 times daily, plus breaking weather information anytime, only on 930 WFMD. We'll continue our conversation with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, 644. Um, And I got one off the text line. It says, uh, Mayor, when will the two baseball fields launch? Connor 644 um, and I got one off the text line it says uh, mayor when will the two baseball fields lost in Baker Park be replaced the West End Regional Park has been in a stalling pattern for a decade and the baseball fields there have missed a generation of little leaguers so um, a couple of things. So I, I, I appreciate that the development out at West Side has taken longer than people wanted to. I, I would I would dispute that it's in a stalling pattern because, you know, we've made the investment in Contender Way. We've worked with uh, Sophie Madigan's Playground. We've got an agreement with the National Park Service to do work out there. We've graded some fields and there's funding to um, put down uh, better grass surfaces on those six multi-purpose fields that have been um, created out there to get those ready for play. So we're working constantly to try and activate that space in in better ways. Um, Everything's a function of time and money. And um, if we had unlimited resources and um, the ability to execute every plan we wanted tomorrow, um, nothing would ever wait. That's just not how um, the real world works. We've been having active conversations with the American Little League about the Little League baseball diamond that was flooded out in Baker Park and the determination that trying to continue to keep that asset in that location was um, not a, a wise use of resources. So we've identified a spot out at Westside Regional Park where that Little League field will be relocated to. Um, I can check with our, our Parks and Recreation to figure out if we've got a timing of whether that's a, scheduled as part of uh, the next budget, um, how we're going to uh, make that happen. But we're, we're committed to getting that Little League diamond um, out to Westside Regional Park, which, as I understand it, is also uh, more... Uh, appropriately located relative to the draw area for um, American Little League and where their where their players come from so we're, we're committed to getting that um, done it's as as with anything it, it's 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 time and money which may sound like an excuse but it's also a reason um, one other question I have the the city and you and I talked about this in December and we you know I, I don't know if you got mad at me but I brought it to your attention that the city has been a victim of a wire fraud crime of a lot of money and I think in regards to building and rebuilding or refitting the uh, new headquarters for the police where do we stand in in that case or is it just something that um, 
you know, will be forever hard to track down. That remains uh, an active investigation. Uh, the city uh, was uh, a victim of fraud, and we're working with uh, local and federal authorities to do everything in terms of uh, the investigation. And uh, as an active investigation, there's not really much more that I would or would want to say about it to uh, endanger uh, that investigation. But, uh, yeah, the city the city was a victim, and we're working with uh, the authorities to track down the people responsible. So, and I know that you're, you know, you're a, you're a, a passionate person, and when I brought it up, you were, you know, I, I wasn't blaming the city, but I, I am saying. I think it's important, what, what I think it's we, important to not blame the victim. I agree. Right. <laughs> what are we, what are we doing? Because I know that you're like, we don't want this to happen again. So what? What has been put in place to assure that this could not happen again? What, what do we put in place to make sure that somebody doesn't get mugged a second time? What do we put in place to make sure that somebody doesn't get robbed a second time? What do we tell people when they've been carjacked, how to not get carjacked a second time? Um, when, when you're a victim, we don't often say, victim, do something in order to make sure this doesn't happen to you again. We try and work on all of the protections that we can uh, in an effort to ensure that bad actors – um, regardless of how they may try and infiltrate our systems. And if you run a system of any, of any size or scale, um, you, are, uh, you, are, you have a lot of open doors. Uh, em, em, employees are open doors. Um, your doors are open doors. Uh, banks are open doors. There's, there's lots of opportunities for people who mean harm to get in and infiltrate systems in ways that have uh, bad intent. And so um, our obligation as, as an organization is to make sure that every day – we're working with our um, our IT staff, with our police department, with our employees to do everything, our emergency management and security people to do everything in our power to secure our people, our facilities, and our information to the greatest extent possible using all of the most appropriate resources that we have at our disposal. And even if we do all of that, we may still find ourselves a victim of a crime. So we're doing everything in our power to ensure that no one who doesn't have reason to be in our buildings, who doesn't have reason to be on our computer networks, who doesn't have reason to be around our employees, isn't. Well, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the checks and balances, I guess, was, like, you it's know, just to make sure vigilance. that we dot all the I's and cross the T's and, and that there may be, and I'm sure it is, that more than one, one set of I's sees these kind of we things. We live in a highly digital society now, oh, yeah. and so um, vigilance on the part of every person in our organization at all times to both traditional bad actors and now modern bad actors is an ongoing uh is an ongoing effort. We we have to make sure that our employees are constantly trained in in the most um, uh, direct ways possible to detect um, increasingly sophisticated efforts for bad actors to get access to information that they're not entitled. Seems like every other day something comes out new that can hurt a, a computer system or some kind of virus comes out. And and that's why our IT department is so important because they are constantly monitoring um, people who are trying to infiltrate our systems from the outside. And then you're working on the inside to make sure that somebody isn't uh, using a more um, maybe low-tech method in order to gain access to information. So it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle. And... Um, we're committed to the safety and security of all of the resources of the city of Frederick every day.
Mayor Michael Connor, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your openness, and we do thank you for uh, spending time there. So much more. We never have enough time with the mayor of the city of Frederick, and uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll talk about the budget. I think you guys are starting to work on the new on the new budget already. I had never, a never-ending battle. I had a big binder handed to me on Monday, so yes, <laughs> yes. The, good, the work good for you. Is, the work is beginning. Some good uh, it, 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 reading that is probably like watching a New York Jets game. It'll just put you to sleep. <laughs> oh, that not would if, hurt. Not not if you like this stuff. Not if you like the New York Jets. You can watch them under any circumstances. So, That's true. Uh, I, I love this stuff. So it's it's uh, it doesn't put me to sleep. All right, Mayor Michael Connor in the Morning News Express, uh, the WFMD coming up next. Thank the uh, the uh, the business guy Chris Murray coming next on WFMD.